This man stole $18 million worth of maple syrup the same way high schoolers steal vodka from their dad's liquor cabinet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to My Life's a Joke. This is an important episode. We've hit a milestone, you guys. This is big news for the podcast. We are officially on our third episode, meaning that we've done one more episode than we did last season. So that's an accomplishment in and of itself. So tune in next year for our fourth episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so we're this is our third episode, and we're going to try something a little bit different today. First off, if you're here for the first time, welcome. And uh, if you want to give us a rate and review when you're done listening to this podcast and subscribe, that would be awesome. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. Not sure what to call this segment just yet, uh, but we're just going to get right into it. And today, we are going to talk about the biggest heist in Canadian history, the Great Canadian Maple syrup heist. That's right. (laughs) Now, you might be thinking, isn't it a bit extra to be associating maple syrup with a heist? I mean, it sounds like a goddamn Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode. It's like uh, we're trying to catch the cotton candy killer (laughs) or uh, maybe the solve the theft of the gummy bear Gucci flip flops. (laughs) Could you imagine if there was gummy bear Gucci flip flops? Like maybe it's like they're made out of entirely Air Max bubble material. Hypebeast would still buy it. But anyways, you get my point. The idea of a maple syrup heist just sounds ridiculous. But maybe you just don't understand how much Canadians love their maple syrup. And if you are Canadian and you don't love maple syrup, then deport yourself, eh? Kick rocks out of the country forever, my dog. I looked up what kind of maple products I could find on Amazon, and there's everything from maple sugar candies to maple shampoo, maple hair product, maple potato chips, and more. Canadians, they love their maple. If the country's sentimentalism towards maple syrup isn't enough for you yet, you might be interested to know that by the barrel, maple syrup is worth 18 times more than crude oil. You know, the thing we run our entire planet on? and fight over like it's the last free sample at Costco and it's closing time on their last day in business. You get it. How is maple syrup worth more than oil? I couldn't tell you. But anyways, between 2011 and 2012, nearly 10,000 barrels of maple syrup were stolen from a warehouse in Quebec, Canada. That's 10,000 barrels valued at more than $18 million. $18 million, man, for maple syrup. And now you're wondering how the hell somebody can steal that many barrels of maple syrup and have nobody notice. Keep in mind, each of these barrels weighs around 620 pounds. So it definitely wasn't Canadian Brad and Chad just keg tossing barrels into the back of their dad's (laughs) F-150. But let's start at the beginning. So there's this warehouse in Quebec, which if you don't know, is a province in Canada. And in this warehouse, there are over $30 million worth of maple syrup. $30 million. So security must be tight, right? Wrong. In this warehouse, there are no Mission Impossible laser traps, no Indiana Jones giant rolling boulders, and not even a single security camera, any alarm system, or any security guards. 
Just a fence, actually. <laughs> Just a fence around the perimeter of the warehouse. So in theory, this warehouse is easier to get into than Trent University. But that's none of my business. This stupidly large stash of maple syrup belonged to the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers. For simplicity's sake, we will use the acronym of FQMSP or FQMSP. <laughs> I'm kidding, we're just going to call them the Federation. So the Federation and the province of Quebec are responsible for 90% of Canada's maple syrup production. So the Federation is storing the backup supply of maple syrup for the world in this unsecure warehouse in Quebec. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. That's literally what all that maple syrup was identified as in the warehouse. It's the backup supply of maple syrup for the entire world. Canada provides nearly 72% of the world's maple syrup, and 90% of that comes from Quebec. So now you understand how this is some heist-level shit. The Federation is a government-sanctioned private organization, which, first of all, sounds like an oxymoron to me. Not sure how that's possible. And two is about the scariest pairing of words I've heard since tarantula, hawk, wasp. That's one thing, by the way. That's not three things. That's, that's a single, that's an actual insect. Google it if you want something to fuel your nightmares if you, in case you needed that. But back to the government-sanctioned private organization that is the Federation. It's a government-sanctioned private organization that regulates the entire maple syrup industry in Quebec. It has very strict rules, and they don't mess around when it comes to dealing out infractions and fines. Some fines can be in the range of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, it's nuts. They, they do not mess around. If you disregard their rules or regulations, if you break any laws, they are coming for you. They're coming for your head. <laughs> so there's a huge debate on whether the Federation is good for Quebec's maple syrup farmers or whether it's oppressing them. Uh, that would take a really long time to, to truly explain all the details, uh, but all you really need to know is that the Federation controls every liter, every ounce, whatever you want to call it, every little bit of maple syrup sold wholesale in Quebec. So it all has to go through them. They limit the amount of maple syrup that each farmer can sell in a single season, and in seasons of excess supply, they take the farmer's extra syrup and store it in the global strategic reserve of maple syrup. During lower production seasons, maple syrup from this reserve is used to keep the supply of maple syrup at the same level and control the cost of maple syrup year after year. So the structure of the Federation is kind of what led the way to this heist happening. Uh, the Federation limits the amount of maple syrup each farmer can sell in a season, as I mentioned, but they seize all of it. So never, no matter how much is produced, that means if a farmer produces above his or her quota, he or she cannot personally sell the excess or even keep it for personal use. So not only that, but if you if you as the farmer refuse to sell your excess syrup through the Federation, then uh, uh oh, here come the popo because they will come for your ass. They will send the police on you. They'll send crazy amounts of fines uh, like Quebec police force. Um, can't remember the name of it now, uh, but they're like kind of tied in. This is the government sanctioned part. Uh, the government sanctioned part of this private organization. They have all the benefits here. So you can get massive fines and even jail time for disregarding the Federation's rules and regulations. Essentially, the Federation is a government sanctioned monopoly on selling maple syrup. And coincidentally, that is also the storyline of Canadian Monopoly, the board game. <laughs> the Federation has been described many times as a legal cartel. Another oxymoron, I thought. I had to Google the meaning of cartel because I actually wasn't sure if it was possible for them to be legal. 
And after I read the definition, I, at the very least, it sounds unethical. But here's here's the definition. A cartel is defined as an association of manufacturers or suppliers with the purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. It doesn't that sounds like it should be illegal or at least unethical. Um, but yeah, that's what they are. They're a, car, a legal cartel, a legal cartel for maple syrup, not drugs, <laughs> maple syrup. With all this in mind, I think it's easy to see how people may not like the Federation's way of doing things. This takes us back to the incredibly unsecure warehouse storing approximately $30 million worth of Canada's pride and joy. One day, an accountant came in for a routine audit of the inventory in the warehouse. This happens once a year. The barrels in the warehouse are stacked about six barrels high in certain areas. So, you know, with them weighing around 600 pounds, they should be safe to climb. They shouldn't really budge. So the accountant was scaling this like pyramid of barrels. And when he grabbed onto the top one, it turned out to be empty and he almost fell back. So that was the first discovery um, that there was, you know, maybe something going on. But at first, nobody was really worried, right? They figured it could have been an inventory glitch. And it seemed like it was only a few barrels kind of unaccounted for or missing. But when they checked again three weeks later, they found out that not only were more barrels empty, uh, but some had been filled with water. And that's that's not protocol at all. So they, a couple of red flags were being raised and then it would take them three months to realize the extent of the theft. And by then they had tallied up the total of 10,000 barrels worth of maple syrup unaccounted for over 18 million dollars in value just gone. That's more than 50% of their supply. They had stored $30 million worth of maple syrup in this warehouse that was totally unsecure. And then <laughs> over the course of a year, half their supply just goes missing. More than half their supply goes missing. So big uh-oh, big boo-boo, big oof on the Federation's part. <laughs> so this heist took a vast network of people to pull off, um, but there were really only four three to four essential main characters to focus on in this crime. So first we have there's Richard Valliere and he's what's called a barrel roller. Um, basically he's like the comparison of a prohibition rum runner. He's compared to Al Capone, which I don't know if that makes him cooler or Al Capone less cool. Um, and he's believed to be like the ringleader of the operation. That's Richard Valliere. Next there's Avik Caron. And he's the owner of the warehouse that was rented out by the Federation. So the Federation didn't even own this warehouse. They were renting space in the warehouse to store <laughs> the world's supply of maple syrup uh, through this random guy named Avik Caron. So he was involved. And then there was also Sebastian Jutras. It's hard to pronounce. Um, he's one of the truck drivers that was transporting uh, the maple syrup out of the warehouse. And now these three gentlemen were all reported to be in cahoots with each other. The fourth person was Etienne St. Pierre, and he's uh, one of the buyers from outside of Quebec. So the Federation rented warehouse space from a V. Corona, as I mentioned, to store their million dollar supply of molasses. Sebastian Jutras was hired to transport barrels to a secure location where Richard Valier could extract it from the barrels and fill the barrels with water and then send them back. This man stole $18 million worth of maple syrup the same way high schoolers steal vodka from their dad's liquor cabinet. Just pour it out and, and just water it down. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's actually it's, it's insane. So Valier would then sell the maple syrup to buyers from other provinces and even some uh, U.S. states. One of these buyers was Etienne St. Pierre, who claimed to be unaware that the mass amount of syrup he was purchasing 
uh, was stolen Federation syrup. And we don't really know, you know, if this is true or not, but they would just sell it to people out of the province. After many months into the heist, it seemed that the group got a little lazy. Uh, They would sometimes just siphon syrup directly out of the barrels and then leave them empty without filling them with water. So this proved to be their downfall because I don't know if that guy ever would have noticed if he didn't grab onto the that top barrel and and almost fall back finding out it's empty. So that might have been, you know, the biggest boo boo they made (laughs) in their heist. But once an investigation opened up into the heist, things started getting tense for the three syrup-stealing amigos. So Caron, uh, Richard Valliere, and Sebastian. Caron, who allegedly had ties to the mafia, behaved in mobster-like fashion by threatening to shoot his accomplices in the head if they spoke to the police. And this was communicated through their burner phone group chat, um, where they had all given each other Star Wars code names. (laughs) There was Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo, and all I want to know is who got shafted and got nicknamed Princess Leia, because you could have done better with that one, (laughs) I think. Princess Leia, man, it doesn't sound very hard. (laughs) So in the end, the process of the investigation kind of went on for about a year or so, and police ended up arresting 26 people in connection with the maple syrup heist. So our four main guys, Sebastian, the truck driver, he pleaded guilty to his involvement and served eight months in prison. Uh, Etienne St. Pierre, the out of province buyer, he got two years of house arrest and a one million dollar fine. Avik Caron, the Willy Wonka of the maple syrup warehouse who had ties to the mafia, apparently he received five years in prison and a one point two million dollar fine about that. There's differing reports. Um, and then finally, Richard Valliere, our barrel roller, our ringleader, he was sentenced to eight years in prison and a $10 million fine. <laughs> Cue oof sound effect. <gasps> so out of everyone that was involved in this heist, the Federation received no punishment, not even for negligence. And you might think, oh, that makes sense. Like they're the victims here. But honestly, how is leaving $30 million worth of the world's backup supply of maple syrup in an unguarded, completely unsecure warehouse owned by a mafia-affiliated man not considered criminal negligence of the highest decree. I don't understand. (laughs) Like, how, like, there's so many red flags in there, I don't understand how that can't be a criminal negligence charge. But regardless, they weren't, um, they weren't prosecuted for anything. And due to this result, some people believe that in the conspiracy theory that the Federation was actually in on the heist, that they needed a way to clear out their reserve and cash in on an insurance payout. However, uh, there's little to no evidence to suggest that this is true. Um, but just thought I'd mention that in the end, the Federation only recovered 15% of the stolen syrup. And the maple syrup black market continues to flow to this day. I never thought that I would say black market and maple syrup in the same sentence. But here we are. We're talking about maple syrup like it's a schedule one drug. Like what? Dude, this is so bizarre. Could you imagine a drug deal where the guys are like, oh, I got the money. You got the stuff. He's like, yeah, 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 I got it. And hands, he hands you a leaf-shaped bottle of maple syrup. He's like, yo, that's grade A government stuff right there, my guy. It'll give you such a sugar high. (laughs) 
Oh my God, this is such a crazy story. Um, But that does it for today's episode of My Life's a Joke. That was the great Canadian maple syrup heist of 2011, 2012. I hope you guys enjoyed this segment because I had a lot of fun making it. And, um, you know, maybe we'll do another one if you guys enjoyed it. But don't forget to rate and review the podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And if you take one thing away from today's episode... Remember that maple syrup is worth more than oil, and if Canada just switched from fossil fuels to maple syrup, we would probably single-handedly solve climate change in the most Canadian way possible. (laughs) Oh, Canada.